Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the 570th edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. I'm your host, Daniel Feuerstein. I'll give you American perspective of our clubs, leagues, players, national team, and other fabulous moments. Get your daily reading from the other eyes over currently at Red Bull News Network. But as always, as always, this show is dedicated to the entire game of American soccer. The chat room is open. Come on in. Discuss amongst yourselves if you like. If you have a question for me, I'll try to answer it to the best of my abilities. And welcome to the first show of the 2023 season here on the Four Scenes Fire American Soccer Show. As we get ready for some big news and big moments once again in our beautiful game in the United States, all related all over the United States, as well as our neighbors to the north in Canada, in North America, CONCACAF, and other great moments. Of course, earlier today, both Major League Soccer and HBO Max TNT have announced their broadcasters for their games in this upcoming season. Of course, MLS with Apple TV, with their list of broadcasters and uh, uh, analysts, uh, still some more to be, uh, inf- to be uh, informed about later on before the season gets underway. And, of course, uh, brand new broadcaster Luke Wildman uh, from Canada, from TSN, will now be doing the play-by-play for USA Soccer for both the men's and the women's on both TNT and the HBO Max app. So that should be exciting. But I want to get to my intro monologue here where I'm having a problem. And unfortunately, once again, it's something to do with U.S. soccer. Now, I don't know if this person is related uh, to U.S. soccer, but it sounds like he's a supporter of the leadership standard for soccer in the United States. But even if he is, and he does have the USA Soccer Shield on his Twitter account, his name is Chuck Watson, and he goes by the Twitter of Chuck Watson 2026, and apparently he doesn't like some of the things that have been done through podcasts, video casts, through YouTube, and he's aiming it at tactical manager, you know who he is, 11 Yanks, straight, red, stand U.S. men's national team. J-A-H-985, CONCACAF Edgar. And he says, people don't understand that these accounts and many more are a danger to American soccer culture. They are fiercely independent and do not abide by the standards set by the leaders of the game. By the leaders of the game. Now, my number one question when it comes to the leaders of the game, 
once again turns their ugly head around and finds a way to screw it up royally. They find a way to just, within their due diligence, find a way to make everyone disagree with them, to put themselves in a position to mess things up. And that also includes the entire situation between the Reinas and the Burhalters. All I can say is this, folks. All you can say is that no matter what is going on and no matter how much you'd like to believe in the people who run the game in American soccer, the so-called leaders of American soccer, you know what? It's a big bunch of hooey. It's false. It is just an absolute disgrace of what is going on with how the game is being run and allowing the situation to just grow worse and worse and worse by the day. See, I feel that particular tweet that was constructed by Mr. aims it not just at those people, not just aims it at those people who have independent thoughts about what they believe the game should be and why we believe certain managers should be here running the men's national team properly and why we also believe that U.S. soccer should be run properly as well. But it's not. It is not. Apparently, if you go on Eric Winalda's Twitter, he just shared a uh, tweet uh, with an interview he had with a uh, outlet called Bolavip, B-O-L-A-V-I-P dot com, talking about the whole Giovanni Reina, Greg Berhalter versus you know situation that had just happened a couple of days ago, and we will talk about it on the show later tonight. How U.S. soccer runs their program from their offices in Chicago is basically just a bunch of fraudulent and sad state of affairs that we can't trust them anymore. How is it possible, how, that a bunch of adults running this federation 
can act so childish and stupid is just unbelievable. There are certain things you can blame them for, and there are certain things you can't blame them for. But the way that they hired Greg Berhalter was the wrong way to do it. Oh, we're going to have a fierce, fierce coaching search. We're going to do our due diligence, yes. We are going to go up and down, left and right, and around and about to find the proper fit to run the men's national team after what happened being eliminated during qualification to the FIFA World Cup in 2017 because we missed out on Russia in 2018. And what did they do? Nothing. Nothing! Nothing at all. Chuck Watson, you say that they are fiercely independent and do not abide by the standards set by the leaders of the game. You want to know what the standards are? Don't ever say we don't know what we're doing. Do not go against us. If you're for us, we will let you in. If you're against us, you will no longer be allowed to cover the national team and anything U.S. soccer related. I feel Chuck Watson is also aiming it at me. Now, I admit, I am not going fully gung-ho on some of these advocates, but at the same time, at the same time, I do see problems that if you do full out put on promotion and relegation in this country right now, that things will fall apart in the lower levels. Because we are not fully there yet. We're not fully there yet. Stadiums still need to be built. Thankfully, in USL Championship, stadium plans are being considered, and those plans are becoming construction projects, and hopefully will soon be a done deal and ready to go. But until then, until then, one needs to be a part of the other so that can work together beautifully because until we get to that point, we're never going to, it's never going to happen. And it's not just that. It's also in the bylaws of U.S. soccer about the PSLs, the pro, or the, excuse me, the, the PLS, the pro league standards. Those are the issues that we're talking about here, folks, that go hand in hand. Pro league standards and not enough stadiums in the pro game to be considered to be a serious contender for promotion relegation. Have we made strides? Absolutely. Have we overcome them? No, we have not. More needs to be done. And I will continue to say this. As a common sense, independent uh, statement, I will continue to say that. Continue. Because that's what Chuck is not listening to, and that's what Chuck is not paying attention to. 
Chuck is being a schmuck. And until things change and improve, we will remain right where we are. And I continue to say this, and we have to remain where we are. We need to be patient. I understand patience is wearing thin with some of you, and I understand that. No one understands that more than I do. But if you're going to blatantly go into it without a single thought of the entire landscape of what needs to be done in this country to get to that level, then we're going to fail, and it'll be a lot harder to come back from. And Major League Soccer will remain standing tall. It's what's going to happen with NISA, some clubs in USL, that are going to fall the hardest. And let me also say this as well, and I have to say this as well. Chuck Watson, if you're going to blindly follow what U.S. soccer does, then you're not, you're just as bad as they are. You're just as bad as they are. Because you need to understand something. I've seen it growing up, watching how the game has unfolded and the strides that it has made to survive the chunk of time where we could have lost MLS, but they found a way to stay afloat. Everybody, everybody, Chuck, should be indebted for getting through the survival era and now the building era. And meanwhile, it might be a little too much with all the expansion going on in MLS, but you know what? We should be grateful that the game is healthy in this country. There's still more to be done, but at this point in time, we're at a good spot. And that is an honest take you will always get an honest take from me no matter what. Great show for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Join me later on. be Gary Redman from the New York Red Bulls Discussion Group Podcast. We'll talk about the Reynas versus Burhalter situation. But tonight, I want to pay homage, and I want to pay my respects, unfortunately. Former D.C. United General Manager and President Kevin Payne passed away several weeks ago. And to get a full-on discussion about the man and what he did for that club when MLS got started back in 1996. I hate to use this term, but unfortunately, with the new MLS Apple TV deal, I must do so. The former television play-by-play voice of DC United, uh, Dave Johnson, joins me, of course, right now, radio voice of the Washington Wizards of the NBA, and thankfully able to take some time from Wizards Games to join me tonight to talk about Kevin. Dave, good evening. Um, Obviously, the D.C. United family rocked when Kevin Payne sadly passed away. What can you talk about this man that you knew for such a long time when the league got started back in 1996? Well, he is one of the – they're going to put together a Mount Rushmore of, you know, why we're having this conversation about uh, the success of stock in this country. He belongs on it because – uh, you know, he, before D.C. United uh, started, you know, he was hired by the United States Soccer Federation to help uh, promote 
the U.S. soccer team and, and the idea that we were, you know, getting the World Cup in 1994. I mean, I think people forget that, um, yes, it was a smashing success, but it probably shouldn't have been a mystery that the 94 World Cup was a smashing success because, you know, this country had always done well with one-off events, Olympics, and, and you know, we can throw a party like nobody else. So, you know, he was involved, if you look at the last three decades of, of soccer in this country, he was involved at at every level in a, in a critical role and in a role that, that put him on the on the front line, if you will, developing and promoting uh, the game. And then, you know, you start uh, a pro league that we don't know if it's going to work. If we don't know if it's going to last. Uh, he created a franchise in the early going. And part of that was, yeah, you know, he, he knew who to hire, uh, Bruce Arena, and, and knew how to construct a, a front office and, and a team. But he was, he was all about the, the fan culture, the supporter culture, um, and, and that's why, you know, as you probably have read all the tributes on social media from very fan, from fans, not often in any sport is a, is a general manager, even one that was successful, remembered fondly uh, to the degree that Kevin has been remembered. But, you know, he was very much a champion uh, of the fans and, and, and supporters respected that and appreciated that. You know, Dave, as you said, he he found Bruce Arena, obviously, coming uh University of Virginia when he was managing the college team, the men's team. What made that uh, relationship with Bruce so special to win those first two to three years, uh, those MLS Cup championships, the Open Cup championship as well in 96, uh, to start this D.C. dynasty? Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, a, a, a smart leader knows uh, how to lead and also let the people he's hired uh, do their work. And and so, uh, you know, in hiring Bruce Arena, uh, he, because of his, his uh, you know, as I said, work in, in so many facets of soccer, even before, you know, we're launching Major League Soccer, uh, he knew he was hiring in Bruce Arena and he, he put complete trust um, in Bruce Arena. So, uh, you know, Kevin was the kind of person that, that as, I, as I said many times uh, to, to a number of people, that if, if you had his confidence, uh, you believed you could do anything. And I, I was fortunate that I had uh, Kevin Payne's confidence, and and you know that that gave me the belief that I could, could do anything. So that's that's the mark to me of a of a great leader who can instill confidence in others. Uh, or has confidence, not only instilled confidence, but has confidence. Uh, he just had, you know, confidence that Bruce Arena was his guy and his man. And, and look, Bruce, D.C. and I started slowly, and there were a lot of questions about, oh, well, he knows the college game, but now it's a different deal with the professional. And look at the summer, uh, look at some of the players he selected. Well, you know, uh, uh, Bruce was, was vindicated, and Kevin was vindicated, and you know, DC and I was the first super club that MLS had. I mean, when you talk about these two, and especially, I mean, Bruce knows obviously the quality of a player that comes over, whether it's domestic or abroad. I mean, for goodness sakes, Marco Echeverri, Jaime Moreno, Raul Diaz Arce, and bringing over American superstars like John Harks and Jeff Agus, uh, so many. Uh, intricate players, and of course later on Ben Olsen, who was you know 
significant with DC United for so many years as a player and as a coach. Um, but going back to those days, what type of eye did Kevin have during those years with Bruce Arena to bring those magical three from South America over to be a part of that club? Well, uh, you know, some of the, obviously some of the American players you mentioned, it was, you know, Bruce was coached them, whether it was Jeff Vegas or, or John Alex, but, uh, you know, the, the uh, you know, Marco Echeverry had, had led Bolivia to the World Cup in, in 1994. And, um, you know, again, as they're trying to build uh, a franchise, there, there's actually a strong Bolivian uh, community and connection in Washington, D.C. And, and as, as, uh, you know, Kevin was not only understood the skill that a Marco Echeverry had, but also the kind of connection he would have with, with the fan base uh, right from the start. Uh, there was another Bolivian that they brought over at the same time, but, he, you know, he didn't, again, talk about eye for talent. He, you know, quickly, uh, I still remember talking to Bruce saying he's he's not going to work out with us, talking about uh, Juan Berthi Suarez. Um, so, you know, he had to make some hard calls in the early going, but, um, uh, you know, it, it's, again, uh, uh, this is a period of time where you're not, this is 1996. You're not, you're not seeing YouTube videos of all these players. And, um, so you, you have to rely on, on, you know, certain connections and, 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 and people that you trust and know. And, uh, you know, certainly their identification of Jaime Moreno was, was very significant. Uh, and bringing him to the league because, you know, he uh, not only changed the course of, of you know, D.C. United, but, um, you know, he was he was a, a, a young uh, foreign superstar that was brought to the league. Or, but he wasn't a superstar yet, but he was somebody that we developed uh, in, into a superstar. What does that say about a man, like you said? I mean, I mean he was – the, the greatest – well, I don't know if I want to put him on the line of, like, the soccer of P.T. Barnum or anything like that, but, you know, what really made him tick? What really make you look into his eyes and you see the drive that he had to promote the game in this country, both, uh, as you said, he brought helping to bring the World Cup in 1994 to promote it to the hilt and to – be an important cog to lift off DC United in the MLS era. Well, he was, you know, drive is a good word. He was, he was just very, um, you know, much driven uh, again by, you know, whatever he was, was passionate about that, that he was all in. And that included, you know, he was a tremendous, you know, family man. I watched him in, in that side of things, you know, with his, with his, uh, Wife, with his wife Pam and daughters Rebecca and Ashley, um, so it, it, you know he was also an individual that that knew how to, to balance both both work and, and personal life. But um, I, I think it's just it, it's because he was so detail oriented. He he uh, you know w- w- was focused on yeah the big deals that you're doing with the club in terms of sponsors or whatever. Or if, if a supporter in the parking lot had a problem, he was focused on, you know, making sure that was that was uh, sorted out. I mean, I still remember him, uh, you know, getting literally in the middle of things, you know, trying to explain um, or, or try to, to mediate, if you will, 
you know, the supporters with the security guards at the time at, at RFK Stadium uh, that had never seen, you know, that kind of situation. So it was not a, necessarily not against security guards, just all of a sudden, you know, they're seeing smoke and and drums and et cetera. And it's a little bit, you know, it's not what they had, uh, you know, Washington football team crowds had certainly been rowdy and, and uh, you know, boisterous, but this was to a new level. So um, I, I just think he, he just he just cared so much um, about every of, of the team that, that that's that's part of what what made DC United so successful. That that uh, you know up until uh, you know I still remember as, as they built a playoff team in, in 2012 and and got back before his tenure with with DC United ended. Uh, but you know, you know, there was a, there was a. You think about the times that they went through. Yeah, there was that early blush of success, but then there was another title in, in 2004, and you know, very successful teams in, in uh, six and seven and and on into 2008. So, you know, he, he helped rebuild DC United a couple of times before he left in in, in 2012. So, uh, you know, he knew how to. Um, uh, you know, pick the right people for the right time. Um, uh, you know, Peter Novak hiring uh, turned out to be the right hire at the right time for uh, for for DC United. Uh, you know, I think about uh, you know Thomas Rondgen, um turned out to be the right hire at the right time uh, for DC United. And of course, you know, when when Rondgen's time was up, he ended up being one of my broadcast partners. It's not often that a coach who gets fired ends up you know working for the club, but um, you know, such was the relationships he uh, developed and, and with the respectful way he handled uh, people. That, you know, Thomas respected Kevin and understood that, that uh, uh, he had a good run with D.C. United, at, but, you know, it was, it was time for a change, and next thing you know, he's in the broadcast booth with me. Mm, very true. When, when he was uh, inducted in the Soccer Hall of Fame in Frisco uh, 2021, what what did that mean to you personally, and what do you think that meant to everyone in the organization at DC United for what he has done for the club and for the game in this country? I just think it, it meant uh, you know there's a, a tremendous amount of uh, you know warmth and, and and pride that 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 had been recognized because uh, that he had been recognized because uh, it, you know it it. it can easily be forgotten who's uh, doing all the little things uh, that, that are laying the foundation to make a club successful. He's not, you know, scoring the game winning goal in the championship game. You know, he's, he's not the coach that you're going to look up and, and see that, you know, he was the coach of the team that, that won the championships. I mean, I mean, general managers or presidents or whatever the, the title is, uh, you know, are behind the scenes. They're 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 part of the with you know the front office in every sport. So you know, just by definition, uh, you're kind of in another part of a uh, of a club, but but a part that uh, without the successful running of a team behind the scenes, you're not going to have the glory on the field. And so uh, it, it was it was just a warm feeling. Uh, it's the only way I can describe it because. Again, I know how much he meant to me, how much he supported me, and, and I'm not alone in that. And and I think, you know, you see the tributes from anybody that, that worked with him from, you know, selling sponsorships to uh, equipment manager to, 
uh, selling tickets. He he just you know had that that kind of uh, impact with with everyone that was involved in making his club a success, not just the people that that might end up grabbing the headlines. Very true. Um, obviously, a very sad time uh, at DC United not to see Kevin Payne around anymore. But the one thing I did not know, and I popped this on Twitter, that, well, unfortunately for you, he wasn't a Washington Capitals fan, but he is a New York Rangers fan to me, and I had no idea he was a Rangers fan. And that's – how much – is he from New York originally? Yeah, yeah. No, he's from that that area, so – from your area, I guess I should say. Uh, so yeah, there was there, and, and you know maybe that that is also we should we should credit the uh, um, uh, you know the the New York intensity and and attitude with with part of his uh, success because uh, uh, you know New Yorkers uh, have this wonderful you know we'll get in the middle of things and and make make things happen and, and he he certainly did so yeah he uh, he had some New York ties that that uh, yeah he he didn't uh, ever. Uh, Don the red, white, and blue of the Capitals. It was the red, white, and blue of the Rangers. Yeah, that's uh, very, very interesting. I had no idea, but uh, obviously he he's done a lot for the for the uh, the, the district uh, for soccer, and that's the one thing we're going to remember him for. And uh, it's really a shame he's no longer around uh, with us. But Dave, plus uh, I know you're busy with the Washington Wizards season this year. Uh, covering their games on the local radio in D.C. But I want to say thank you for making time for this show tonight, and uh, good luck with the rest of the way. I- I'm sorry, you know, you-, you won't be doing any more TV for D.C. United personally, but listen, you'll all in my book, you should be in the Soccer Hall of Fame. That's how I feel well, about you. Well, I-, I appreciate that. It's very kind, and I appreciate, you know, again, any time I'd love to come on and talk about uh, anything because uh, uh, it, it's so important what we're doing in this in this country to advance the game, or I should say, what you're doing to advance the game. It's it's this is why uh, we are making significant strides. That you're you're taking the, the the time and the effort, and it's a lot to do on a consistent basis. And you do it, and you do it so well. Uh, and we need if we're going to continue to to be a uh, a big part. I've got a, a supporter in the background, obviously. If we're going to continue to be a, a, you know a sport that advances. Uh, in this country, we we need people like you to to provide the forum to to educate people on why this is the world's greatest game. Absolutely, thank you once again, and have a good night. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. That's Dave Johnson. As I said, uh, f- unfortunately, the uh, no longer now the former television play-by-play voice of uh, DC United. Uh, you can listen to him. If you do have NBA radio, if you get the uh, Washington Wizard games, so you can listen to him uh, calling the Wizards games, and hopefully uh, in the MLS TV deal, maybe he does get an opportunity to call some games. But until then, we'll have to wait and see what the situation will be for Dave Johnson uh, for soccer. And as we get ready to continue on with the show here, joining me right now, my colleague at Rebel News Network, also the host of the New York Rebels Discussion Group podcast, and that's a group on Facebook, a Facebook page. And the one and only Gary Redman joins me tonight. Good evening, Gary, and welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you for having me, of course. As always, looking to fight fire with the fireman. 
And may I say very publicly, um, Mr. Johnson should have been included into that group along with J.B. Della Camera. Um, that's a very criminal oversight, but I'm hoping that's something that needs to be corrected in very short order. And that's it for now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I second the motion. So we'll see what happens. I understand it's not the full lineup yet. They're still going to uh, announce some other names, but for now, that's who we got. And um, I'll be honest with you, I was shocked that uh, Bradley Wright Phillips was involved in this as well. So that's a pleasant surprise to me, to be honest with you. But anyway, um, let's get to the crux of our matter, and that is the Reynas versus the Burhalters. Gary, you and I, I mean, look, I'll be turning 50 this April. I don't know how far along you are on this earth. Uh, if you've tied 56. me, gone past me, if you're still behind. 56, to be precise. All right. So you are ahead of me by five, by six years, <laughs> or technically seven. Anyway, <laughs> you, uh, you will always lead. I will never tie. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, you know, we have seen in this country – and no matter what sport it is, whether it be Little League Baseball, mites, hockey, you know, punt, pass, kick, you know, the kids playing basketball, parents mm-hmm. will always find a way to interfere with their children's sporting or organized sporting activities. But did you ever think that this situation would have led to what we have seen so far between these two former friends now? No. Um, as a matter of fact, I honestly believe that this is, you know, quite simply a very embarrassing <laughs> moment. Um, I asked this question to the discussion group um, not too long ago before this broadcast. Um, I asked a very simple question. And now that the incident um, has been broken out and basically embarrassed everybody, all everyone that, that was involved. I asked, I asked a very simple question: that, that Did they think that soccer in this in this country was going to suffer from it, or do they refer to it as no big deal and things will move on as usual? And, specific, and specifically ask them for their thoughts. And one thing about the discussion group: they do not shy away when it comes to topics like this. And this is probably the reason why I love the guys there. Most, if not um, all, feel that um, the situation is self-inflicted. In other words, um, this is something that should have required adults in the room, and it didn't happen. Um, From the petulant response by the wife of, you know, Mr. Reyna, to the head coach referring to the player not by name when he complained uh, for his reasons for, you know, not going very far and uh, why did he feel that he didn't want to play him in the first place, to Gio himself um, not putting his full effort, which led to his, you know, which led to a coach's decision why he left them off the squad, or more important, not necessarily left them off the squad, excuse me, not playing him during the World Cup. So I agree with you. I've seen a lot of Little League games, soccer games, where parents 
literally voicefully yell at the you know at at umpires, coaches, what have you, to the point where they don't even want to get involved anymore. And you know, it's a very disgusting uh, fabric of life where parents will live their lives vicariously through their kids. This is the about the extreme as it gets. And that's why I feel that this is one of those situations where it was embarrassing for everyone. And um, if you really want to put it bluntly, Dan, this is America at, you know, this is American sports at its, you know, at its infamous where, you know, I want my kid to shine. I want my kid to be up there and blah, blah, blah. And if he doesn't, the coaches got hell to pay and everyone else involved. But this is just, once again, another indictment of that wonderful organization of, you know, stability and <laughs> uh, of U.S. soccer, where it, it, if for some reason it can't stay out of these landmines, now there's an investigation, whatever that means. Uh, and now they're going to get down to the bottom of it. What really kills me is that how do a group of people who became very good friends suddenly became enemies over this little thing? I mean, here we are. Here we are. And that's the, I mean, that's the sad part. That's the whole sad part. I mean, as you know, Claudio Reyna, Greg Berhalter have been best friends back in their days at youth soccer yeah. at St. Benedict's Prep were, in Newark. They were, they, were, they were balling together. I don't get this. I don't get this at all. But I would be, I would be lying to you, which I don't like to do, that Greg Berhalter will probably keep his job. He might wind up losing it um, because of this, because – you know that I have a thing about um, I have a, you know I have a serious problem with institutional control in all forms. You know this you know you know this about me. I hate it when people, individuals, groups, organizations can't seem to get their act together, which is probably the reason why I excoriate the Red Bulls on a regular uh, from time to time when they you know when they have their missteps. But this is something that's been happening for years with U.S. soccer. It's just one clown show after another. Now, I'm sure there are national, team, uh, national teams that have their bit of a drama. This has been building since then, since the crash out, near, <laughs> crash out in Jamaica, not making the World Cup to this. And um, do I think it's going to erase all the goodwill and everything else that's been up until this point? No. But do I think it's going to leave a mark? Yes, because of what's going to happen after that. Now folks are going to wonder, is this the end for Triple G? Uh, will Gio get his day? I hope not. Will Gio be suspended? Will um, Mr. and Mrs. Reyna be banned from, from U.S. soccer because of this? It, there's levels to this, as one you know, as one member puts it. There's levels to this, and we're going to see each and every one of these levels before MLS kicks off. Well, let me just say this. I mean, this is the thing about with the Reynas is this, because at first you heard it was Claudio who went to Ernie Stewart 
about I got some dirty stuff yes. about Greg that you need to know about. Right. Then it became well, why no, go there? Now the mother. <laughs> exactly. Why go why, there? Why, why, go, why there? go there? Why? Right. Why go there? Why? Exactly. Why? It makes no sense. Listen, if you two have been best friends for such a long, long period of time, why is it all of a sudden you can't act like adults when it comes to how a Claudio's son, why he played like the way he did, or the way he acted the way he did, and then why all of a sudden are you acting the way you are, and why is your wife acting the way she is when obviously her and at that point you're proving proving Triple G's point (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly his point. I, I expect adults to hit the pitch. I, I, I don't have time to deal with kids. I don't have time to deal with petulant people. At that point, exactly. Th- at that point, you proved this point. So you basically said, "Well, this is the reason why I didn't play him. This is the reason why I didn't start him. He was not mature. And when I did put him on the field, he sulked. He didn't. You know, yeah. he he. You know, and we were able to win." In spite of him, he was able to win trophies in spite of him. So what did I do wrong? It was at that point where the scene where you know, Mr. Rayner, and I met the man, nice guy, you know, decent individual. No, he is. You know, very decent you know, in, you know, individual. I'm wondering, dude, what set you off to do this? Why stab your best friend in the back over this. This is something that you and he could have had a very private discussion and that would have been the end of it. I'm also exactly. disappointed, you know, I'm also a little disappointed um at the coach for mentioning it out in the open. You know, oh no! Oh no! He's he's yeah. not blameless in all this at all. No, Greg no, he's is not. I mean, blameless in all this. No, I mean, you ran your mouth instead of just keeping it on the down low. You complained. You was like, I don't get what's going on. I don't, you know, I didn't play this play. You you didn't out the guy, but you didn't mention his name. True, but everyone knew what the hell you were talking about, unless they, you know, unless exactly. they, you know, you know, slept under a rock for twenty years. Everyone knew what you're talking about. Most of us who knew said, oh, no, you didn't have to go there, which precipitated the wife for, you know, returning fire and saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to report this. And there you go. So you have four petulant individuals, four, four people that should have been adults. Geo technically doesn't have an excuse. He's a professional player. You were called up for the national team. Do you have any idea how many ballers bust their tail just to be recognized, just to get a look at a friendly? You got to look and you decide to sulk at that point because you might not play at one of the biggest stages of, you know, biggest stage in, 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 in professionals and in international soccer. That led to the decision of you being, okay, we're going to keep you on the squad, but I'm not going to play you. That's an indictment on you, not necessarily the coach. And then your father mm-hmm. decided to jump in and tried to push the button well, well after was the final whistle of the tournament is over, trying to make yep. you know, trying to make the coach into a bad guy. And then the yep. wife getting involved. 
triggering an investigation with the Federation, who right now is in damage control at this point. This is fiasco city. I mean, this is, oh boy, I, I can't wait to see what happens from here. And it's a shame where we should be thinking about 2026, where we should be full speed ahead again that tournament, and then we should be looking at the future. Instead, we're looking at this spilt milk that is spread all over the nation. That's very oh true. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, and you and I don't get it, man. I, I, you and no. I have been doing this for a long time. We've seen lots of um, controversies regarding sports, soccer, baseball, football, everything. I mean, you and I can write bestseller books on the subject, but this, this didn't have to happen. No, this didn't no, have to happen. it didn't have to happen because somehow the adults decided to play. Uh, oh yeah, let's play like we're back in high adults? school, guys. Yeah, let's do what this. Adults. <laughs> what exactly? Adults? Show me when it was adult in this situation. What adult? I mean, this is this is pay for play squared. This is just nuts. Uh, it, it it just doesn't. It doesn't pass the smell test. You can try to cover it up all you want, but here we go. The thing, this just proves one thing that I've known for years. When you have a tendency to air dirty laundry in public, Dan, sometimes you're the one that winds up with the feces in the face. Sometimes you're the ones with the the stain. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you're the one that looks like the bad guy. And right mm-hmm. now, all of you do. All of you. That's right. Now, I'd like to see how they're going to clean this up. Now, for what's fair, the group feels that this is really a nothing burger. I mean, it didn't even, you know, it, 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 it was a blip in the national sports scene, and then it disappeared just as quickly. Okay, just as quickly. I mean, it's soccer, for for goodness sake. I mean, for us soccer fans, oh, yeah, this is front page news above the fold, of course. But um, if you're if you're the, the answer from the group is this is not going to affect the sport in a positive light, but it's definitely not going to affect the sport in a negative light. This is more of an internal issue and will be quashed. And sometime in June, we'll, it can be completely forgotten. Well, let me ask you this. If we were really a true soccer nation, I like to think we are because I think we have, <laughs> we have made it. I Please, like to think we my have. My stomach is hurting already. <laughs> we're not here. <laughs> That's something, that's something, that is a debate that you, I, I, that you and I will have until our dying days. It's a soccer nation? <laughs> okay. We're going. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> give me your opinion, and then I'll give you mine. But in a perfect world, with what, what we have seen right now with both families, mm-hmm. what do you think would be the proper punishment for the Reynas? I'm not talking about Geo. I'm not talking about Geo. I'm talking about what do you feel should be the proper punishment for Claudio? And if you want to throw his wife in there too, that's fine. And what do you think should also be the punishment for Greg Berhalter in this? Oh. 
for me, Burhalter will probably get a slap in the wrist and a, re- and a very serious reprimand. And how should he conduct himself from this point forward when asked certain questions about certain players and basically playing the high ground and not try to you know avoid avoid trying to pigeonhole players, coaches, staff. You know, just try to you know. There's a saying: what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. You don't you don't broadcast that out. So if I'm U.S. Soccer, I am screaming at him. Hopefully that he, you know, he gets the message that if there's something like this ever happens again, he's done. I don't care how many trophies, you know, he brought to the, you know, he brought to the cabinet for you, you know, for uh, for the soccer house. He's done. But he's got to be the adult in the room next time. As for the Ravens. I say a one-year banishment would suffice. They may not have any contact with U.S. soccer at all. You embarrass the shield over something minor like this. You tried to use your leverage, someone who's your good friend, and you sullied his name, um, and you sullied his name on top of it. Tried to kill his reputation. Why? Why would you do it? Because he didn't play your son? Is that it? If that's the case, they should not be involved in U.S. soccer. For a year. Disappear. Go away. Obviously, you're too toxic. For Gio, I, I'd say... Yeah, no, I mean... I, yeah. I, for, for Gio, I would have... I wouldn't suspend him or anything else because... He, you know, he's not innocent, but at the same time, he didn't do anything critical. But I would think twice before selecting him because now, because of this, you've been painted a picture of a toxic player. No one wants that. Talented, yes. Talented, you know, talented AF. Toxic? I mean, you apologize to your teammates. No one's going to believe you after this. Mm-hmm. If they do, great. If they do, great. But I, I, you know, I don't know. His talent is too hard for him for anyone to overlook. The guy can ball, but it's very difficult to you know to bring in someone in camp who balls when he wants to, unless he's got a guaranteed spot. And when you're playing in, in you know, and they're playing um, in a national team. Nothing's guaranteed. Your name doesn't guarantee squat. And maybe that's what he thought so. And uh, I'm, I'm the son of Claudio Reyna, arguably one of, the, you know, one of the best players in the men's national team circuit. Hey, I'll be handed a spot in the World Cup. Mm, doesn't work that way, kid. You got to earn it. You got to earn it through camp. You got to earn it through the tournaments. You got to earn it through friendlies. It's not about making highlights on Sports Center. You got to really earn it. And I think what needs with Geo, someone needs to sit down that kid and say, "Look, from this point on, your road's going to get ten times harder. You need to work hard in your reputation because right now you're toxic. But you, you ha- at least you have time to turn that around. And it's up to him 
decide what is he going to do. That's it. That's all I got. You know, yeah, no, look, I agree with you. I think you've uh, you've said it's uh, very, very, you know, plain English, shall we say, uh, with how you feel. But, you know, uh, I- I'm going to go a little bit more harsher uh, because this okay. is something that does not deserve a slap on the wrist. Everybody is culpable. Everybody's in trouble. Everyone's going to be in front of the firing squad, and everyone is going to basically get it. Yeah. When it comes to uh, the whole Burhalter situation, I don't think he's going to get a slap on the excuse me. <clears throat> I don't think he's going to get a slap on the wrist. I just don't mm. think U.S. Soccer is going to bring him back. I think he's done. I think it's over. Okay. Uh, okay. His, his part. You didn't say, you know, you, 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 you squashed it behind closed doors, but you brought it back in in your own way, and you shouldn't have done that because everyone knew who you were talking about. Right, um, everyone. And uh, you, everyone knows who you're talking that, about. You didn't have to everyone, say his name. In that room and out of that room, everyone knew exa- exactly who you were referring to. Exactly. And first, everyone and the knew first who question came about. to my mind was like, why? Exactly. Why, Greg? Why? 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 <laughs> it made no sense whatsoever to pull that off. And he did. So at the end of the day, I think Greg Berhalter, now that they're, once their investigation is done and they get all their facts, they will not bring Greg Berhalter back for a new cycle. They're going to find somebody else. Um, yeah. And I think Anthony Hudson will remain interim until they do find that, uh, that new person, whether it be uh, American or someone who can, shall they say, speak the language. We'll see what happens. Uh, when it comes to the Reynas, obviously, um, look, um, I agree with you about banning the family for one year away yeah. from U.S. soccer. But yeah. if I'm Anthony Precourt and I see the underhandedness that Claudio Reyna has done at U.S. soccer, Claudio, I'm sorry. But I'm going to have to ask for your walking papers because you're out. I'm sorry, yeah. Gary. You, you, no, he, he's he's got to be made. He's got to suffer. No, I agree. Very, he's got to suffer. Very harsh example. You got to sack him. And this is not against Austin FC fans. This is no, not against not, Josh Wolf. This no. is not against the organization. This is no, just class common sense. They just don't. Right, they don't deserve this. They don't deserve the screw. They don't, they don't deserve, deserve No, they don't deserve this. They I'm not don't saying this sort of thing would no. do them a favor, but nah, you can't have a guy like that. Come on. You tried to use no. your influence for your kid, which exactly. should be beyond approach. We know it happens in all levels. We know it does. I've seen it happen. I've, I was a victim to it firsthand, okay, which is probably the reason why I have a campaign to end play for play, pay for play. Mm-hmm. Okay, this reeks of it, but he's got to take a hit. He got to yes. take a hit in this part of it. You couldn't control your family. To. You couldn't control your wife. Sorry, man. You got to get slapped. And he couldn't control his own actions as well. You got to get slapped. You got to yeah. get slapped for this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. Yep. yep. Take the hit. Exactly. You, listen, you listen. You it's wrong. nothing personal. It's nothing personal. It's business. And right, right now, he's wrong for business. And if he's not going to step down on his own, Anthony Precourt is going to have to take the decision in his own hands to say, I'm sorry. 
If you can do this to, uh, you know, then a head coach of the U.S. men's national team, <laughs> how, am I, how am I not going to know <laughs> you're not going to do this within our organization? Exactly. Right. Exactly. He's got to take a hit. He's got to be sad. I know you're, I know you're Claudio Reyna, but who the hell do you think you are? What the hell? Exactly. <laughs> who the hell do you think you are? I know who you are. Exactly. Yeah, I know you. I know you're Claudia Reyna. I know who the hell you are, but dude, out of bounds. Way mm-hmm. out of bounds. <laughs> way, way, way out of bounds. It's just so disappointing. So disappointing yeah, and, that adults. And yet, we've heard an apo- and yet we've heard an apology from them, officially. Nope. No. I haven't heard one. I have not heard one at all. Sure, I understand no. mother's intuition. I'm defending my son and all this oh, and all yeah, that. Yeah, He's yeah, yeah. Oh, we get that, but then, but then we get okay. That. There's a, but there is a time and a place to do that. This was not it. Exactly. This was okay, not this was, it. This was. I'm a. I'm the. I'm a soccer mom. You did this to my kid. I'm going to show you. Well, you just showed the nation you're an ass. Well done. Exactly. That's what that that's what they showed. And was it really worth it to destroy many many years of friendship over You know that is you know that oh, is a it, very good question. You want to ask these was it worth it? Really? Exactly. Wow. You know, Gary, Gary, I, I just want to say this. You know, I, I've had a long, great standing friendship with my, my childhood friend since we were three years old in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And his parents and, and, and me and my parents and him and his family, my wife, we are all on great speaking terms. Never ever was there any con- you know, con- you know, uh, negative conversation. Nothing can you know we were con- contract. It's not contracting, but you know nothing to go against us. If he hurts, I was there for him. If I hurt, he's there for me. Right. He flew all the way from Switzerland to come to my father's funeral, and I would have and, and you know if, and if, if the shoes were reversed, I would have done the same thing for him. That that's how close we are, and we never allowed anything negative to come between us. I don't know if you still have a friend like that, but that's that's I what do. I have, and I'm grateful. I, I do. We're practically brothers. We exactly. As a brother from another mother. Damn straight. Absolutely. Gary, listen, thank you very much. Uh, can't wait to join you sir. this season in the press room at Red Bull Arena. And yep. um, thank you once again be, for your thoughts on this matter. I appreciate it. Yep, it'll be seven, it'll be seven years for me as, uh, as, this, as the beat writer for the Red Bulls. Um, it's always been an honor and pleasure. I can't wait to see you um, at the press box. And as they say, the adventure continues. Good luck for That's this right. season on Fire and Fire. We'll see you down the road, sir. Take care and good yes, night. Yes, we will. Thank you. Good night, Gary. Thank you very much. And that's Bye-bye. Gary Redman, my, uh, my colleague at Red Bull News Network, and as well as the host of the New York Red Bulls Discussion Group podcast, the Facebook group. Well, that'll do it for tonight's show. I want to thank my guests once again. I want to thank Dave Johnson of 
joining me tonight to talk about Kevin Payne and, of course, Gary Redman talking about this issue between the Burhalters and the Reynas. Join me this Friday night as I will review the first of two shows discussing qualification for the amateur clubs to the 2023 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup first round draw. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you for joining me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Have a good night. Take care. So long. And bye-bye for now. Have a good night, everybody.